Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, H-A-W-G sports.com. Today on the show, we're going to be joined by Danny West and Kurt Wilkerson as we look into this Florida-Arkansas matchup on Saturday. And Bob Redman from Swamp 247 is also going to join us. He's the publisher over there. So we got an exciting show today. This is your Arkansas versus Florida primer. Before we get started, of course, I want to mention there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live. Be sure to follow the page if you haven't done so already. Also, give us a like. If you haven't followed the page or subscribed to the page on YouTube and hit the notifications bell, then do that now. And also throw us a thumbs up if you like the content that we put there. Also, throw us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and leave a review so others can know what to expect from hogsports.com. Also available anywhere else you find your favorite podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever, wherever else you can think of. Right now, Hog Sports is 30% off right now um, and just $1 for your first month. So uh, two great ways to sign up, 30% off for the annual subscription, $1 for your first month. If you ever thought about trying us out, if you want to know how to support what we do, if you like free videos like this, if you like what we do on Drive Time, Danny does Out of Bounds, the Hog Hustle, Hog Sports Live, all that stuff, uh, then you can definitely support us and get something great out of it and see what we have behind the curtains for our VIP subscribers with an annual membership. Again, just $1 for your first month. Also, if you haven't signed up for our newsletter, go ahead and do so now. Oops, wrong <laughs> wrong promo. Not doing that one. Uh, let's see where are we at. Here we go. Newsletter. Daily breaking news delivered to your email inbox uh, whenever big news happens. And, of course, uh, every morning we will deliver approximately seven or so free Razorback articles uh, and also anything that pertains to the Razorbacks and any national big stories uh, delivered free to your email inbox. All free content unless otherwise uh, labeled VIP. Also, if you haven't signed up for text alerts and you want breaking news text alerts, then sign up for text alerts. Uh, there's no better way to uh, stay ahead of your friends than sign up with uh, Hog Sports Tax Alert. So I'm not going to spam you or anything like that. You're just going to get free breaking news. All right. Arkansas, Florida, 6 o'clock SEC Network at the Swamp. Arkansas has never won at the Swamp. In fact, if you look at the matchup historically, Florida has won nine, Arkansas has won two. The last time they played was in Fayetteville in 2016. Florida was ranked number 14 in the country. I believe both teams were 6-2 and two when they met up. Arkansas might have been 6-3. and three. I think 6-2. and two. But uh, it was still an upset for Arkansas to win, especially 31-10. to 10. Felipe Franks was at that game. He was a redshirt freshman quarterback who traveled, didn't play in the game, but traveled. Nobody from Arkansas, unless, unless they redshirted that first year, remembers playing Florida. Nobody played in a game against Florida for Arkansas. So there's some interesting dynamics with this one. Okay, first of all, uh, Barry Odom obviously played against Florida four different times, won two of those games, and he's going to be the head coach. Obviously, Sam Pittman having tested positive a second time for COVID-19, he's not going to be able to make the trip and stand on the sidelines. But Barry Odom does have some interesting connections and, and two Pretty significant. Actually, none of the four games that he's played have been in close, but two significant wins uh, for Missouri against Florida. 
other connections, obviously, Felipe Franks. Now, Felipe can provide some nice insight for Arkansas, I think, in terms of tendencies for other players for the his own off old offensive line what they do you know so he can help the defense out in that regard so there's a lot of things you know just how they handle the game at the end their philosophies all of those things uh, can be a big benefit obviously this game was not expected to be played before coronavirus it was at it was one of the games that were added to the schedule for Arkansas so this was not a game that was slated to be played uh, so it's it's really interesting on that aspect. Also, you know, you've got Sam Carter, who's, uh, you know, coached against them. Brad Davis has coached against them. Kendall Browse, when he was at Florida State, has coached against them. So there's a lot of underlying things like that. Uh, and another one you might not have thought about, Garrick McGee, who was the wide receivers coach under Barry Odom at Missouri and was also an analyst before that. He is an analyst for Florida now. So there's a connection there and also a former offensive coordinator at the University of Arkansas. So some interesting connections with this one. It seems like every game on the schedule has something. I think there are maybe two games that don't have some kind of underlying something about them, and that's probably LSU and Alabama. I mean, literally everybody does, whether it's, you know, Lane Kiffin being a coach that Arkansas might have considered, Mike Leach, a lot of people think that might, that might have been an interesting hire, you know, from that all the way to Barry Odom competing against his Florida uh, former team uh, in Missouri. Sam Pittman competing against Georgia. I mean, it's one thing after another with underlying storylines this season so far. So Arkansas last won 31-10 in 2016. The last time they played in Gainesville, Florida won 30-10. So they kind of flipped the script on them. That one, if I remember, kind of got out of hand that, uh, quickly. I remember going to that game. That was Brett Bielema's first year. I remember him kind of being surprised that they didn't have better wide receivers on his team. Considering the last staff that you know that he took over, he expected he said he expected to have better wide receivers. So these teams don't play very often. In fact, that was the first time that Arkansas has won back in 2016 against Florida when the two have been members of the SEC. The other win was 1982 in the Blue Bonnet Bowl when Arkansas won 28-24. These teams have met twice in the SEC championship game. Both Florida wins 34-3 and 95, 38-28. And 2006, a game that Arkansas very easily could have won, and you almost felt like they were going to win until there was a drop punt that ended up in being a Florida touchdown and totally turned the tide of the game. Otherwise, I really believe Arkansas would have an SEC championship. Florida went on to win the national championship that year. Another disappointing one was the night the 2009 game where Florida won 23-20 and you felt like they just basically were handed the win. Uh, that was Mark Curls. It's the one reason everybody dislikes Mark Curls and his staff. They were suspended after that game. Uh, they were uh, – SEC issued an apology. This was – there were so many bad calls. If I can remember, there was, there was a pass interference call where uh, Tim Tebow threw it up in the end zone and Arkansas's defensive back is just there waiting for the ball. And the wide receiver, and I can't remember his name, he made it to the NFL, I believe he played with Philadelphia, but he just straight tackles Arkansas's defensive back. I mean, like before, he's waiting for the ball, and he just lays him out, and there's no flag called. The other one that uh, upset a lot of fans was Malcolm Shepard, Arkansas defensive tackle, was just standing there. The play's way over here, and he's just standing there. And the Florida dude just comes out of nowhere to try to lay Shepard out. The play is not even near. I mean, it's a 
it would be called if anybody watching that, it's a personal foul by that guy, just a cheap shot. But Shepard turns his head, lowers his shoulder, and braces for it, and the dude just bounces off of him and gets drilled. Curls, I believe it was Curls, sees the play, but only catches the end of it and throws the flag on Malcolm Shepard. It reminds me of the Karate Kid Part 3 when he says he's not going to fight, and the guy's just like, you can just stand there and let him kick your butt. I mean, what is Shepard supposed to do? Just stand there? Let him kick his butt? <laughs> I mean, so there was also a call early, early in that game where Rudell Krim was hit with a late hit out of bounds, and the guy was in bounds. And that was like the very first drive, and that's where you kind of were thinking – it's going to be that kind of game. I remember I've never done this before, but my post-game story for that one, the image I used was just stripes. Florida beats Arkansas, and it was just stripes, referee stripes. So they've had some interesting meetings. They don't play a lot to make. Like I didn't like in the poll questions, I didn't ask like how bad do you hate Florida. I mean, there I asked maybe like who do you hate most about Florida. <laughs> You know, Steve Spurrier, Urban Meyer, which I believe was leading in the votes. Tim Tebow and Jesse Palmer added a couple of former players that were talking heads now, and I added Mark Curls in there, which I figured Mark Curls would be the leader. So there's not a lot of SEC games this weekend. Alabama-LSU postponed. It was said it was canceled, but we'll get to that in a second. Auburn-Mississippi State, Texas A&M-Tennessee, and Georgia-Missouri, all in a span of 72 hours, all those games were removed for COVID-19 concerns. And it doesn't mean that, like, everybody's got COVID. You know, there are certain rules. You have to have 56 players available. You have to have certain players available at different positions. And so all those things can play a factor. You know, you could have 80 guys on your team ready to go, but you don't have enough quarterbacks. You don't have enough centers, something like that. Um, And also, you know, some of it's due to contact tracing, obviously. Arkansas, the only guy that we know of so far that has – COVID that's tested positive on the team is Sam Pittman out of everybody, which is interesting. I mean, has everybody on the team already gotten COVID? Because it seems like, I mean, he's a guy that interacts with everybody pretty regular. They all wear masks, but it also goes to show, you know, Pittman said he was embarrassed that he had picked up COVID. And this is a virus that spreads. It's that you can mitigate it. You can take proper steps, but you can never fully be 100% protected. But I do think it says a lot about Pittman at the same time. Even though he got coronavirus, people get coronavirus, no matter how safe you're being. I think it says a lot that nobody else got it. A lot on his part. So, but also, I mean, I'm sure a lot of the players have come down with it. Not If not just when they returned to campus, but maybe before they had it on campus. And maybe that's, you know, maybe that benefited in limiting the spread. But a lot of games canceled this weekend. I wonder if games get canceled the next weekend when Arkansas plays LSU, if they might consider moving that game from 11 a.m. All right, we're going to be joined by Bob Redman here in a minute, but I want to take one more quick look here at at Florida. So Florida's scoring offense, 42.4 points a game. They rank second in the SEC. Their total offense is third, 495.4. So they're one of the top probably two – Probably number two offense in the SEC right now. Their rushing offense, 
you know, is an extraordinary 126.4 rushing yards a game, but obviously the passing offense more than makes up for that. 369, 369 yards a game. In fact, Trask in his last time out was set the number two mark uh, in the school's history. And, I mean, that's, you know, up there with Tim Tebow, Danny Warfel, two Heisman Trophy winners, Rex Grossman, Heisman Trophy winner up. Uh, so, he's in good company there. Now, if you flip it over to Arkansas, pass defense, 222. 222.2 yards per game right now. That's second in the SEC. The top efficiency rating defense, 117.05, and they lead the country in interceptions. So that is the matchup. That's the matchup to watch right there. When you flip it over to the other side, Florida's total defense, not bad, kind of middle of the pack, 402.0, which Arkansas is 41.5. That's eight and ninth defense in the SEC. Scoring defense, Florida is giving up 33 points a game. Excuse me, 29 points a game. Arkansas is 26.2 at six. So Arkansas has been a little bit better on defense. Both these teams have faced some really stout opponents, obviously. But Florida is favored by 17 and a half points. So far, Arkansas has covered in all six games. Will they cover in this one? We don't know. We'll have to wait and see. It's an interesting matchup, one you don't see very often. There's so many, I mean, with the underlying stories, uh, and not, not just like intensive ones, you know, but just, you know, teams having played each other and stuff like that. So there's there's a little bit. And then, of course, Felipe Franks. I guess that's pretty big. <laughs> it's going to be, it's so interesting. I mean, you don't see stuff like that very often. And how much will Felipe Franks, not just his – emotion and energy level going into this one how much will that play a role but also his knowledge of Florida you know they have knowledge of him but he has knowledge of most everybody okay I'm going to get to Bob Redman now Bob is the publisher at Swamp 247 he's been covering the Gators for about 10 years before that he worked on Steve Spurrier and Ron Zook's staffs I believe that's right. Doing video uh, and uh, was a uh, offensive quality control coach for them as well. So he's got a lot of knowledge of the game. See if he answers. Good morning. Bob, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. Yourself? I'm doing real good. Doing real good. Good to have you on the show. I was just uh, giving you an introduction. So you you worked uh, before you started with Swamp Two Four Seven Twenty Four Seven. You you worked with uh, Steve Spurrier and Ron Zook and uh, quality control and uh, doing film breakdown and stuff like that. I'm sorry, I got lost. Uh, are, are you are you talking about the roof? <laughs> I may have called my roofer, guys. <laughs> that is a that is the first time that that's happened but i i have called i called the roofer i didn't think that sounded like bob at first <laughs> oh that's awesome so my roofer <laughs> texted me and, uh, and i called him that's awesome live radio uh that's good i did not think that sounded like bob redmond 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello. Hey, Bob. How you doing? So, uh, I'm doing great. I was just giving everybody an introduction about you, and I accidentally called. We had some hail damage on my house, and I accidentally, oh. my roofer texted me, and I had your number where I te- did an exchange of text with you, <laughs> and he texted yeah. me right before, and I hit that number, and I called the roofer, and I was asking him questions <laughs> about the Florida the Florida game on live radio, and he was like, are you talking about the roof? <laughs> That's uh, awesome. Live radio. So, uh, Bob, I was just telling everybody you. Uh, so you were uh, you broke down film and stuff and did uh, mm-hmm. uh, for uh, under Steve Spurrier and Ron Zook, I believe you said, and mm-hmm. uh, also did uh, offensive quality control. How long have you been covering uh, the Gators on the other side of the coin with Swamp Twenty Four Seven? Well, yeah, you know, I've been kind of the same group because because Twenty Four Seven bought out the the other group that I was with, but. Mm-hmm. Pretty much since 2004, so the yeah. summer of 2004. So I'm into my 17th year. Yeah, you're like me. I've been doing. Uh, I've been going. I'm almost 18 years. I started in 20 in 2003, back with Rivals back in the day, and I moved over to 24/7. I did it voluntarily. Um, moved over to 24/7, and uh, yeah, it's been. Uh, it's a good place to be over here. So. I wanted to kind of jump into things. Just, I mean, this is an intriguing matchup just with the Felipe Franks factor. Mm-hmm. What has kind of been the talk over there about uh, about that underlying storyline? You know, um, I, I think uh, Gator fans have always been the, the kind to say once a Gator, always a Gator kind of thing. And mm-hmm. there were some rough moments a, a little bit with um, – with, with Felipe and the fans and, and even the media, um, but nothing that was like, you know, putting it over the top. And mm-hmm. so I think fans are really um, happy for him and his success that he's having there. I, I mean, that's what I've read and actually um, did a story last night on, on the players and, and how they, you know, he chirps he a lot in practice. I'm sure he does it at Arkansas. He likes to rev guys up. But he also knows that the defense can't hit him in practice, and so they talked about that the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know he would chirp at them, knowing that they couldn't hit him anyway. So uh, it's now it's time for them to hit him, and there, and there was a lot of fun going back and forth with the media about that. So um, you know, I they, the, the players loved him, mm-hmm. um, but and, and I think the excitement is there. I think when that game was added originally. It was like, oh man, they actually are playing around because I, I think people thought that the SEC did that on purpose for that reason. Um, but no, I think the excitement's there. I think he's going to get 
you know, as many as much as seventeen thousand fans can yell at him, he's going to get it from the fans on Saturday. But um, uh, you know, I think uh, I do think the excitement is there, and I think I think people want him to do well, except for Saturday, actually. Yeah, well, I, I don't know what the SEC was thinking, but the SEC gave Arkansas. Georgia and Florida on top of what was already considered maybe the toughest schedule in the Western Division and now maybe the uh, toughest schedule in the history of college football. But it does provide some interesting underlying storylines to a weird season with Sam Pittman playing Georgia and then, of course, Felipe Franks returning to the Swamp Mm -hmm. to face the Gators. What's the injury update right now, Bob? I mean, uh, we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, but uh, just uh, any new updates to uh, the injury report for the Gators? No, I, we haven't heard on Kyle Pitts. Knowing Mullen, he's going to not tell anybody until it's um, game time, basically. Uh, you know, uh, or at least uh, the day of, early that day or something. But um, we haven't really heard on Pitts. He's got to go through the concussion protocol mm-hmm. um, because he was hit. I, I personally think he's going to play um, when he, you know, I, I think the Georgia defender took – uh, I think his situation was worse. Just looking at him, he was really groggy. Pitt sat up immediately on the hit that they took, um, you know, when they collided, mm-hmm. and and looked at him like, "What did you do that for?" Kind of look. Um, as much as you could see that through a helmet and everything, but um, he, he, you know, he he had to go, he, he had to remove himself from the game, and he never came back. So he definitely has to go through that protocol. Jeremiah Moon is a um, started most of the season at the Buck, uh, and he will be out. He, um, he he's a guy that he's a uh, he's a fifth year senior, mm-hmm. um, big tall uh, guy that can run. He he was he's uh, probably not going to play. Um, other than that, I think pretty much everybody is back, and they actually get a starting offensive lineman. Um, and Ethan White, who was supposed to start at center in the preseason, I'm going to guess if he does come back and start, because actually I forgot, the right guard, um, Stuart Reese, is probably out. Uh, he hurt his shoulder in the game against mm-hmm. Georgia. And he. Uh, I, I actually think if uh, Ethan White comes back, he will probably go to guard and play there. But they got really good play from freshman Josh Braun there. Who who has who, who has performed well all um, you know since he got on campus? Um, so I, that one's a, a race, and it's good. You you probably have two bodies, and when Reese comes back, you have three bodies to to fill in the interior of the offensive line. The big one is Pitts. If Pitts can't go, that he's just a guy that nobody can match up with. He's mm-hmm. just really tall. He's fast. He's got great hands. He high points the ball. He does everything you want as a receiver, and he's gotten better at blocking. So he, you know, he can do that for you too. So if he's out, that's a big deal. Bob Redman joining us. You can follow him on Twitter at Bob Redman underscore two four seven, and um, they do a great job over there covering the Gators. You know, if I had to put it, if I had to bet you. I would bet you that Kyle Pitts isn't going to play. Just from my experience on concussion mm-hmm. protocol, uh, I haven't seen anybody since they implemented the, um, you know, like targeting and they started taking everything up a notch in terms of mm-hmm. severity. I have not seen anybody at Arkansas that has gone through concussion protocol that returned, you know, that came out of a game for concussion-like symptoms that returned the next week. What I would expect to see is Kyle Pitts and pre, uh, is Kyle Pitts in pregame practicing. 
mm-hmm. and going through stuff, but not not participating. If I had to guess, yeah. but we'll see. You never know. Sometimes it's it's not what you think it is. But my experience at Arkansas has been it's happened every time. Kyle Trask, Kyle Trask is an interesting guy, and it kind of this kind of his situation reminds me a lot of. Yeah, a guy like Baker Mayfield, you know, and I know he wasn't a walk-on, but mm-hmm. nobody else was out after him in, 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 you know, in high school. And you mentioned, you know, he, he never started a game. He didn't start until his, like, fourth year at Florida, and that was because of an injury. So people have kind of been underestimating his him his whole life, kind of like Baker Mayfield. What is the reason that Trask is having so much success? Is it just an unending work ethic, you know, like – the Tom Brady attitude. I mean, obviously you got to have a certain skill level to be compete, to compete like this, but 474 yards passing in his last time out. And uh, he's just been exceptional all season. Yeah, he has, um, you know, he's thrown 22 touchdowns in five games and that's just crazy. I mean, he's got all, all five games. He's got at least four touchdown passes, which is a new SEC record. So that's, that tells you something mm-hmm. in itself, but it's, uh, you know, I the thing he does that, um, you know, and I, I'm not trying to 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 trash Felipe here, but Felipe didn't do this at Florida. Maybe he's doing it better there. Um, he sees he, he goes through his progressions. Um, Trask, um, he sees the whole field, mm-hmm. and I don't know, you know, why this didn't. Come. I mean, this was one of the questions that was asked of me earlier in the week from you. I don't know why the coaches didn't see that from him uh, enough to say, well, this has got to be the guy, um, you know, early on, but he just sees the whole field. And I actually wrote to you that, I mean, I'm talking better than anybody at Florida since Rex Grossman back in 2001. Mm-hmm. So that that's Tebow and all those guys. Those guys never, re- you know, they were they had their thing that they did very well. Chris Leakey even um, and and Tebow, but um, you know, they did things very well. But they didn't see the whole field that great, and they didn't see they did they couldn't go through all their progressions to hit you know the third or fourth if you'll uh our, one of the big things that's happening this year is our running backs at florida are catching a lot of balls and mm-hmm. that's because the the quarterbacks are looking you know that's because trask is looking at one and two maybe even three and then checking down to the running back and getting them the ball mm-hmm. a lot so I think that's the big deal with him. He also has a really nice presence in the pocket um, for the pass rush. He's on. I mean, they, the Gators are only giving up five sacks as much as they're throwing the ball, which is kind of a crazy number, honestly, given everything that's happening. So, mm-hmm. I think those are the two big things: a presence in the pocket and the fact that he goes through his progressions. And maybe he just, you know, he's just spent all time in the world in the film room and, and knowing, you know, what his guys are doing. But that, to me, those are the big deals. Bob Redman joining us. Um, you know, I, I've always kind of felt like, and not always, but sometimes you just have to decide who your quarterback is in a game. Now, and part of that is just me seeing the last couple years Arkansas naming the wrong quarterback <laughs> out of mm-hmm. camp each time, you know, and, mm-hmm. the, and it, it's evident in the first game when they, you know, play both quarterbacks that the, the guy they didn't start, you know, is playing better. So uh, a lot of times this is how quarterback jobs are won because there is a certain game, gamesmanship that you can't measure out of practice. I want to get you out of here with this, Bob. Uh, what do you, what do you, how do you see this one playing out? 
Uh, obviously, Florida is a heavy favorite, 70 and a half points. Arkansas has covered every game this season so far, though. How do you see this one playing out? A lot of interesting storylines. And uh, give a score prediction, if you don't mind. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think that I don't think the Gators are 18 points better than Arkansas, 17 and a half or whatever it was. I, I just, I think that's just too much. It could happen. Florida scores a lot of points and they can score them in bunches and that kind of thing. I just don't. I think Florida will win. I think that there will be points scored by both teams. Um, I just think that Arkansas's pass defense is the probably the best that they'll see mm-hmm. uh, this year. And I think that, you know, that makes for a great competition between the two teams um you know he's thrown two pick sixes this year so uh you know they were i don't i know the last one wasn't his fault uh, i can't remember the first one um the last one uh, another receiver ran the wrong route and ran his db right into the path of the ball so um that wasn't trash fault but my point is, is is arkansas intercepts the ball better than anybody in the conference by far and uh maybe in the country i i didn't actually see that stat but either way um, I think that's going to, you know, uh, keep Florida from doing everything they want to do in the passing game. And, and if Pitts is out, that's a huge deal. So mm-hmm. I think Florida scores points. I'm guessing I'll, I'll say um, it's going to be something like uh, uh, 31-20 or something like that. Um, I, I don't think 17 and a half, I, you know, maybe 31-24. I, I might even go there with it. I think it's going to be a pretty close game because I think Felipe is um, is going to be revved up as well. And so I think it should be fun. All right, Bob. Appreciate the insight. All right, Trey. Thanks for having me. All right. That's Bob Redman again with Swamp 24-7. Does a great job there. And if you need – a new roof, be sure to hit up R&J Roofing in Fayetteville, Arkansas, and they will be there for you. Do a great job. <laughs> Never had that happen. Never just completely called the wrong person. But we're going to call the right person now because we're going to get to Curtis Wilkerson. And Curtis, we're going to kind of divert things a little bit and go with a little bit more basketball because the early signing period happened yesterday in Arkansas. Uh, add a cup, added a couple of guys. So we'll see what old Kurt Wilkerson has to say. For those of you who don't follow Curtis, you can follow him at Kurt Wilkerson underscore on Twitter. Hey, Trey. Hey, Curtis. Was just uh, was just mentioning some things with basketball. I don't know if you were listening to the show earlier, but I accidentally called my roofer instead of Bob Redman uh, <laughs> to, to try to yeah. get his insight on the uh, on the game, and he wasn't he wasn't having it. He wasn't. He didn't I, I was considering trying to play it off as your plumber or something, but I, I promise oh, I am good. intended to call. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been good. So, uh, Curtis, um, normally we talk uh, football, but we got basketball revving up. We got uh, yes. we got a red-white game on the horizon here. Um, early signing period started yesterday. Um, what's going on with Razorback Hoops right now? Where do you want to start? Yeah, let's let's start with that signing day yesterday. Uh, a couple of really good pickups there for Coach Musselman. Chance Moore, I mean, this this guy's a, a four-star prospect, uh, ranked number 85 overall in the 247 sports composite, 6'5", long. He's a physical kid. He's almost 200 pounds, you know, out there on the wing. And, you know, Musselman really raved about him yesterday for his ability to be versatile. He's a guy that has the quickness to defend on the perimeter, uh, the strength to maybe switch off and, and bang around a little bit down low. He can shoot the three. He's, he's got the strong upper body and can finish. So uh, really a nice high school pickup in that 2021 class. 
and then Akoma Ween. So uh, very interesting prospect here, junior college pickup. He's ranked the number one power forward uh, in the JUCO ranks in the country. This guy's 6'10", probably 225 or so, uh, and just the way Musselman likes it, he's a guy that can can take you off the dribble on the perimeter. He can shoot the three, obviously can get inside and, and rebound and things like this. This is a guy that was committed to associate head coach David Patrick when he was at UC Riverside, decommitted when Coach Patrick left, and, and now he's going to be a hog. So two really nice pickups in that early signing day. And then you talk about that red-white game, and, you know, that's always fun. I, I think they're calling it BWA Live, Bud Walton Arena Live. So they're going to have a DJ and, and some music, and it's going to be open to a select number of students, which is nice to be able to get them involved. There's going to be a slam dunk contest, which excites everybody. And then, obviously, the red-white game. And, you know, under normal circumstances, it's it's just an inter-squad scrimmage. They have some fun with it. Uh, but this year's a little bit different. And, you know, Coach Musselman downplayed it in the press conference yesterday to a degree. But at the end of the day, with the way everything has changed with these new COVID guidelines and regulations, uh, there's no exhibitions. There's none of these closed scrimmages. So Arkansas is not going to have the chance to, to kind of get a tune-up game against another opponent. So this is their only dress rehearsal and their only opportunity to play under the lights in front of a crowd. Even though it's against each other, it might carry a little more weight than normal. It is an interesting one because, I mean, Arkansas is so new with, I mean, what do they have, three returning players? Is that right? Is it three or two? Two. two. Yeah, well, yeah. two who played last year. Mm-hmm. Desi yeah. and Ethan. Two returning players. I mean, like this time last year – is it this time? I guess we're roughly – anyway, it's about this time last year anyway. We didn't really know what Mason Jones was going to be. Mason Jones came off the bench under Mike Anderson and ended up emerging into the SEC Player of the Year. Is there going to be a guy like that? Are they going to find a go-to guy? You know, all, all kinds of questions like that. Um, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a really, really interesting point you brought up. And we asked Musselman about that yesterday on the press conference. You know, who who's going to emerge as that go-to guy? And he actually, you know, his direct quote was, I, I have nightmares about that. So mm-hmm. he knows that that's something that's, that's going to evolve. He thinks that he's got a few guys who may be able to emerge into that role. He talked a lot about J.D. Note and, and his ability to create offense, maybe to, to get outside of the schemes and they don't have to run a play for him, but he can kind of get his own shot off. So maybe he's a guy that emerges there. I, I don't know, but it's going to be really interesting to see how that evolves for sure. I don't mean this is a slight to Isaiah Joe at all. <clears throat> But I don't, I don't think they're going to miss a beat with Moses Moody. Now, would it be nice to have Isaiah Joe and Moses Moody? Of course. But I think that Moses is going to fill that role nicely and, and also add a little bit more to the mix in terms of taking it to the rack. Yeah, no doubt about it. I, you know, they've, in the event that they weren't going to be able to have these exhibition games, they've been doing a lot more scrimmaging and live action and practice, and they're deeper so they can actually do that this year but they've been charting everything heavily over the course of these practices to kind of see who stands out and what type of situation. They got some SEC officials out early in the week, or maybe it was last weekend even, and kind of went through a full scrimmage. And, you know, Muslim told us that Moody went five of six from three and, and had 18 points. I'd, I'd say that's a pretty good start. I'm really anxious to see him in action this evening for the reason that you said. I, I think that he's – maybe a little bit more athletic and, and maybe even more polished as a ball handler and can, can do some more things off the dribble. So it'll be interesting to see. All right, switching real quick over to this game. How do you think things are going to play out on Saturday in Florida? 
Wow, what a! I mean, there's so many storylines that go into this game. It's incredible. You know, at, at the end of the day, you you look at Florida and some of the things that stand out to me. You know, with them, as I I look at their red zone efficiency, so they're they're 100. They have a 100 score rate in the red zone. So 25 times they've gotten inside the 20, and 25 times they put up points. 19 touchdowns uh, and six field goals. That's really impressive. Then the flip side, you know, Arkansas's red zone defense is is number two in the SEC. So what's going to give there? You know, you've got one of the most prolific passing attacks in the country uh, against one of the best passing defenses in the SEC. So uh, really interesting. I do think that this is a team that Arkansas can move the ball on and score some points on. If you take a look at that Georgia game last week, I mean, the Bulldogs opened up with was it, a 75-yard touchdown run on the first play of the game. Uh, so they, they kind of hit a home run there right away, and you know suddenly they're, they're playing behind by a couple scores, and they abandon it. Mm-hmm. And then you, you, you watch some of those plays, and you know if Georgia had a quarterback that could get the ball to a receiver at this point, I mean, those guys had Florida's defensive backs beat deep a number of times, and you know didn't matter who Georgia had back there. They just couldn't hit them. So the opportunities are going to be there for Arkansas to score. I do think it's going to be a competitive game at the end of the day, though. I mean, Kyle Trask, is he's playing outside of his mind. They've got more weapons than they know what to do with. It's at home. You know, I don't, I don't know that I'll take the Gators to, to cover and, and win. Was it 17-point spread? But I, I do think it's going to be tough sledding for Arkansas to get out of there with a victory. All right, Kurt. Appreciate you, brother. Hey, no problem. Anytime. All right, Curtis Wilkerson. Uh, again, if you haven't followed Curtis on Twitter – at Kurt Wilkerson underscore does a great job for us and is a wealth of knowledge, both football and basketball. And you guys are really going to see that as soon as basketball season cranks up. All right. I'm going to try to avoid going to any other service people aside from Danny West, who services us with recruiting news and always has great insight. What's up, Danny? This is Danny West, right? This isn't a, Yard guy or roofer or doctor, <laughs> oh, we're good. lawyer. Okay, good. All right, so, Danny, I don't know if you were listening to the show earlier, but uh, today's show What's is inadvertently uh, brought to you by R&J Roofing, LLC. Uh, is that right? Yes. I accidentally called, Who's sponsored? I accidentally called my roofer. Um, <laughs> I'll t- have to go back and hear it. I texted Bob Redman and said, hey, I'm going to get to you here in a minute. And then right before I, you know, hit that text message to, to call him, you know, to go to the next mm-hmm. screen, I, uh, my roofer texted me and I hit his. <laughs> and we of had him, course. We had him on air. He did not know a lot about uh. this weekend's game. <laughs> Although I do believe they're headed down to the Gulf to do some roofing repair soon. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. So, Danny. Good stuff. Um, I wanted to hit on some recruiting stuff real quick with you first before we uh, – actually, i got to bring your graphic up before we uh, talk about this game. But what do you um, what do you know lately that's going on with Razorback recruiting? I know you had an article recently also about uh, who, might, who might be signing early. Yeah, I think it's been one of our, uh, our biggest questions, you know, in the last couple of weeks anyway. It's, we're getting down to it. You know, we're within five weeks left here, Trey, before mm-hmm. – uh, the early signing and of course i'm always excited about that but uh you know a lot of people wondering about that not sure how much of it you want me to give away here on the show but it, it's a vip uh, uh, article there but i would say about half of them so far 
mm-hmm. have confirmed that they're uh, probably going to go ahead and sign. How many of those early. have never visited here? Of the ones that have confirmed so far, uh, let me look at my list. Could be one in Bryce Stevens. Not not sure he's ever been here. Uh, he's the only one that sticks out. Uh, I know where you're going with that. Rocket Sanders still kind of up in the air. I think he plans to sign. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll we'll see if he's in you know, position to do that. Uh, but shoot. Uh, I mean, that's the first one that comes to mind, right? Because he is a four-star from Florida. Never been here before. And a lot of people know uh, teams down there in that part of the country, they're not just going to give up on this guy. So you'd like to go ahead and get him in the boat. And I think uh, if he's able to, I think you'll see him go ahead and make it official. Mm-hmm. Good deal. But, you know, uh, and not to scare people about this other half of the class that um, I call them undecided, unconfirmed or they're simply planning to sign in February. A lot of those guys, if you ask them right now, they don't, they ain't got a clue what signing in December means. They don't know that they're going to be uh, asked over and over again to go ahead and sign in December. And, uh, you know, obviously Pittman wants that class to go ahead and get it over with. So a lot of these guys that say they're going to sign in, in February, we'll see that change here in the final five weeks, I promise you. You know, I was thinking about this, Danny, a byproduct of everybody getting this year back mm-hmm. could be that you see more graduates in the transfer portal than normal because players yeah. can come back for another year. Is that yeah. something you think that the coaches have considered, that, that there we might see an uptick in the amount of, of grad transfers in the portal? I personally think that, you know, Arkansas would like to get to a point where they tick it down a little bit in terms of the number of transfers that they bring in year to year. Yeah, obviously with the uh, with the unknown of not, you don't know who's coming back yet, right? First of all, uh, I think you can pick and choose, and we've talked about some of the guys. If you know the seniors, if Davion Warren or Blake Kern or obviously Grant Morgan, some of these guys come back, you you bring them on back, right? No mm-hmm. questions asked. But at some point, you got to pay the piper. You got to come up with that number for the scholarships, and you got to make it all work mathematically. Uh, so you've got that aspect of it. And then, as you mentioned there, there's going to be quality um, transfers out there at the end of this year, and um, especially with Arkansas. You know, with everything going on here at Arkansas, they've had so much publicity, a good pub, uh, right, with Sam Pittman, the upstart Razorbacks making a comeback again. You know, they got a good product to sell right now. So I say all that to say this. We talk so much about how are they going to finish out this class, right, the 2021 group. That's why I would be willing to sit on a few spots. I don't think you have to be in a hurry to just sign a guy just to sign him, you know. Mm -hmm. Get you a couple of defensive linemen, finish that up, make sure you get those. But, yeah, I think I'd sit on about three of them if I could and just see what pops up in the the portal. Surely they will give these guys some kind of extra – number of scholarships and try to pare it down over the years or something like that because yeah i mean if you give everybody the year back and you don't increase the number of scholarships then i mean no nobody's going to end up with a fair deal out of this because it's going to impact the high school kids you know that have been working their tails off of their opportunity yeah Um, and those you know those are huge opportunities life-changing opportunities for some of these kids so and and just to have it taken away so somebody can get an extra year back which is also fair um it's just it's a tough deal 
So, Danny, we'll get you uh, to this with uh, the game on Saturday. I know you're predicting okay. our, the Arkansas upset over Florida in the swamp. <laughs> Just tell us how that's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, I actually had a 52 to nothing, too, Trey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I've got Florida winning, but I don't even know the latest spread. But I, I would 17 have and a hook is the last I saw it at. Okay, well, yeah, I'd have Arkansas covering that. Much like the A&M game, Florida's simply better. Uh, definitely, uh, I think on the offensive line, you're going to see that again like you did against A&M. They've got a really good one. Mm-hmm. I don't think they are um, as equipped defensively. That Maybe that's just me. Obviously, A&M beat them down in College Station. But um, I think A&M's a little bit better. I've got A&M number two in the conference, followed by number three, Florida. So not a whole lot of difference there throughout the course of that game. You know, in our hog sports group thread, we were kind of all on the same page saying they're simply better. Like, this doesn't come down to a bad call or the refs trying to get you or somebody, you know, didn't show up ready to play. A&M was simply better, and I think Florida is too. However, I, you know, I, I like Arkansas's offense right now. It's steadily improving and wouldn't shock me if they keep it interesting going into the fourth and, and maybe make a run at it late. I don't know. I mean, they've kept it interesting for most the most part all season. The Texas A&M game yeah. got out of hand on them a little bit, obviously. But um, for the most part, they've kept it pretty interesting. All right, Danny, anything else to add? That's it, man. All right. Appreciate you, brother. Yeah, man. All right. That's Danny West again. Danny's Most of Danny's content is uh, premium, so you do have to have a subscription to hogsports.com to get his information. Um, but he does a great job. And, again, if you like the show that we do here, if you like the Hog Hustle, which Danny and RJ Hawk are on, if you like Drive Time Sports, if you like all the other free content that we do, come see what we have behind the curtain for our VIP subscribers for 30% off or just $1 for your first month. If you haven't signed up for the newsletter, sign up for the newsletter to get free breaking news and daily um, newsletters just with all of our free content uh, delivered each day and also text alerts to get breaking news and we'll also you know we're not going to tease your text alert so much as just you know send you the information send a link back for more information because we only have so many characters that we can send off um so you'll you'll want to sign up for both of those things we're going to get to your questions here but right before we do that of course i got to remind you there's plenty of ways to watch and listen facebook live if you haven't followed the page then do so that way this video pops up anytime we run it live which is this is where we run it live, hence the name Hog Sports Live. Also available on YouTube. Be sure to give us a thumbs up if you like the content there. Apple Podcasts, throw us that five-star rating. Leave a review so people can know what to expect. And also available anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. Okay, we're going to pop over to the Razor's Edge Premium Forum for some more questions where I'm sure I'm getting haze for calling my roofer earlier. Army of Nabunga says... A lot of interesting things. <laughs> Do I think Jordan Silver could long snap a 30-yard field goal? <laughs> 19 Hog 96 says, "Will Odom still be calling plays on defense?" Yes, I, I would imagine. I don't. I wouldn't like to see them put Sam Carter in the booth, just because he brings so much energy on on the field with the players, the way he interacts with them. But somebody will replace Barry Odom in the booth, but he will still be calling plays on defense and also having the head coaching role. Army of Nabunga says, Trey, have you ever milked an eggplant? I haven't. Hogs, hog, I got you, hog, H-A-W-6 as the G, hog. How many points per game would Morris Craddock put up with Franks as quarterback? 
current stats, 17th-ish points per game, 20-20, 24th points per game. Just Franks equate to plus seven points per game. I, I just kind of think that whoever would have played quarterback last year would have been ruined, I guess. I've said this before, but the more comfortable that Nick Starkle got in Chad Morris's offense, the worse he became. Army of Nabunga says, Trey, can you read a few limericks on the air? Remember to say each line with pound with passion. I believe the roofer call was a bigger blooper than me saying pound with passion. Army, again, says, Trey, you think that anyone will ever beat minus 321 down votes? <laughs> Army says, I still have the boots I wore to the blue bonnet bowl. <laughs> think I still have some chair paint on them from the Astrodome. I drank too much and tumbled down a few flights of stairs. Army also says, so Trey, you have a roofer. How are you so rich? Dex, roofs, where does it end? It's, it's hail damage. I believe it was May 4th. Uh, we had serious hail damage. I would say half the, half the homes in our neighborhood have new roofs. Raw Hog says, will the market reset in regards to coaches' salaries because of COVID? That's a good question. I think it possibly will reset. I think we'll see fewer firings than we normally would have seen. I think there are some coaches that probably would have been on their way out this year that may not be. I think for Arkansas, if you think about it like this, it kind of bodes well because Arkansas just hired a new basketball coach in Eric Musselman last year, year before last, I guess, and just hired a new football coach in Sam Pittman last year. So Arkansas has at least, if they're not winning, which they, they are, at least they had that new infusion of hope while there are other teams that have coaches that maybe they wish they'd gotten rid of the year before and now are facing this pandemic and, you know, shrinking salary pools, maybe more unlikely to have coaching changes. All of those things factor in. Army again says, Trey, where can I get a recording of this interview? I need this segment of Bob. Army. You're killing me, bro. Trying to catch me reading stuff. What else we got? Trey, if I sign up for text messages, will you text me your electrician's number? All right. <laughs> We're going to flip it over here to Facebook. See if we've got some good questions here. Jason Barrington says, I'm ready for a major upset on Saturday. Casey Humphrey says, also, is there a way to watch the red-white game tonight? I don't believe there is. Maybe E-S-P-I-N-T-O possibility. I don't know if they're letting people in. Curtis is going, but they're severely limited in the number of press people to get to go. Alex Hamilton says, Trey, if games keep getting moved and postponed, is it possible that the end they end up moving the Arkansas to the December 12th, even if we don't miss a game, to give other teams a chance to play a game that has been otherwise canceled? I mean, I guess they could look at shaking things around with other teams' schedule, but right now they're they're all taken care of, I think, um, because they're going to play games the SEC championship game. I thought they personally should have figured out a time to have a common bye week for everybody. I mean, they had that the week before the SEC championship game. That's a common bye week, but I felt like maybe they should have figured out a way to have two of those. or maybe had three bye weeks during the season to, to move things around because you could see stuff like this coming. But um, it looks like they've got a way to figure it out. They'll be playing – I mean, there will be a lot of games on December 19th and December 12th. Adrian Jones says, red and white game on the ESPN app. Okay, there you go, Adrian. Appreciate that. 
I should have looked in hard at that. But again, Curtis is our basketball guy. I should have asked him that question. He would have been able to tell us. But appreciate you, Adrian. Curtis Kendrick says, but our players will play their hearts out for him. You'll see this Saturday how much these guys love the coach. I agree. You know, that's something that I've, I've said before. Like, I don't care how good your talent is, how many five stars you have. If you don't come in and play with heart and passion, then you're at a chance of losing to Arkansas. You got a good chance at it. But if you are a team with that, you know, talent that has an edge on Arkansas, like Florida has, like Texas A&M had, and you do play with passion and heart, you should be okay. But if you don't bring it, then you get you can catch an L. Sam Kerr says, Trey, on a scale of 1 to 10, what is the upset ability of the Hogs over Florida this weekend in Gainesville? If a 10 is means a likely upset, I will say they have a 3 and a half. 0.75. I'll give them a 3. They, there's a shot. I mean – there's so many, like, don't ever underestimate the momentum and, you know, the pageantry, the you – know, and these are still kids. These are not professionals. So don't underestimate all that. It's a tough environment. It's going to be a tough game. Florida is the eastern darling right now. They're the favorite, obviously. They're in a great position to win the division. Curtis Kendrick gives it a seven. Justin Eric Cunningham says, I feel like Arkansas's chance, chances and fight. I, I like Arkansas's chances and fight, but I don't think it'll be enough for this game. 40-31 Florida, I hate to say it. Marquise DeSala Johnson says, do you think if Trey Knox makes a decent play, he will get more play time or targets? Or will it say the same? I think that there's that you try to build on any type of momentum. It would be nice to get Trey Knox going, Absolutely. Adrian Jones says the Hogs will play hard for Coach Pittman Saturday. Yep, I think they will. It's an interesting scenario. Curtis Kendrick says, have we covered at the Swamp, LOL? Probably not. I don't know what the lines have been over the years, but last time it wasn't pretty, and it wasn't like Florida was that good. They weren't great in 2013. Donnell Poole says, let's go Hogs. Mitt Dew Cunningham says, slow Florida offense down and get our offense going early then. Got a chance. Game on our hands. Justin Eric Cunningham says, how is practice going without Coach Sam Pittman? Is Odom taking place or overseeing everything? To be honest, I don't know. I mean, we haven't talked to Coach Odom. We've just talked to Coach Pittman, who hasn't been at practices. So, I don't know. I would assume that he's given everything a good look, but he's got to make sure to take care of the defense. I mean, the good thing about it is Pittman has been a delegator in games. You know, he's kind of the guy that talks to the refs. You know, he's on the microphone discussing things, but – you know, it's Barry Odom's defense, it's Kendall Browse's offense, and, you know, he likes the coach's coach, which I like that philosophy. Now, if like Bobby Petrino, if Bobby Petrino was the coach and he was out, then I'd be like, ooh, because he really had his finger on everything, except for maybe the defense. Trey Selby says, well, we should have one win at the Swamp. We got screwed in 2009, I think it was. That was the year, and they absolutely got screwed. That was, you know, there are a couple of games that – Come to mind where Arkansas just was completely robbed of the win. One of them happened this year at Auburn, and that 2009 game is definitely the other. There's a couple others that there's some close things, but that 2009 Florida game, there's no question that, I mean, it was one horrendous call after another. Colin Mayer says, any COVID problems besides Coach Pittman? As we, as far as we know, 
Coach Pittman is the only person to test positive on the two tests that they've taken so far. They take another one today. They get those results on Friday. Matt Chisholm says, could we get – could we see – of those t- 16 basketball players play wide receiver press like Marcus Monk. Never, I don't know if there's ever been a 610 basketball player. Justin Eric Cunningham says, I think we have a real chance if we control the time of possession. I hope Brile stops all these trick plays and we can get our ground game going. Trick plays, gadget plays, the plays that take a long time to develop just have not worked very well for Arkansas. Every once in a while, but predominantly, they have backfired. Zach Bonney says, man, you're bringing back nightmares. Quit it. <laughs> I vividly remember all the plays you're naming. I remember, like, I was not not pleased. Like, people were didn't want to be around me who maybe weren't, weren't as into the game as I was. I did not travel to that game at the Swamp that year in 2009. But people who were nearby me were just kind of like, like children were like, what's wrong with, what's wrong with Uncle Trey? <laughs> Ramon Broadway got hit with a pass. It was Ramon Broadway too, yeah, with a pass interference penalty too, and got like, and uh, got like thirty yards in penalties. Got him in scoring position. How could contact tracing affect who travels? I mean, it could. Like if you're, if you've been exposed to somebody with COVID, then you have to quarantine also. Andrew Sawyer, this is a great question. I'm sure. I guess you're talking about that one. What other podcasts are you and Danny involved with? So I do this one. And I was on the Hog Hustle, which is on airs on 103.7 The Buzz, but now it's just Danny and RJ Hawk that do that one. I just ended up having a little bit too much on my plate. But that one airs on Tuesdays generally, I believe at 8 o'clock in Little Rock on 103.7 The Buzz. But I do that one. I also do Drive Time Sports Daily, which is a radio show that is also available on podcasts. But I, I do Drive Time Sports at 5.05 every day on the weekdays. And Danny does Out of Bounds. I believe that is on Tuesdays at about 2 o'clock. So that's everything. Mark Douglas says, saw they are looking at extending the recruiting dead period again. How much of a recruiting disadvantage is that? Arkansas clearly have a coaching staff. I think it's a big disadvantage for Arkansas because Arkansas has to reach farther for talent. And you got people in their ear telling you Arkansas is this or that. Um, Especially with this season, you know, generating a little bit of momentum that's helped, but it'd be nice to get them on campus and get them face-to-face with guys like Pittman and some of the other strong recruiters on staff. So I think it's a negative for Arkansas, more so than it is for other schools because they have to reach farther away for talent. Plus you have a new coaching staff. Some of these other kids may have already visited other schools as a junior or as a sophomore. So maybe have an idea of what the coaching staff is and what the facilities are and everything, and here you have a brand-new coaching staff. Josh Grubb says the head coach been – has a head coach been out for a game yet in the SEC? No, I don't think so. I think it's the first one. And how will they handle Pittman being out? Will he be in some – no, he'll just be out. He'll, be, he'll talk to the team probably Friday, maybe some Saturday maybe, but uh, he'll be out for the game. Saban was a scare. Okay, here we're getting to the parts where I, uh, I called my roofer. Everybody thinks it's super funny. It was. I've had two pretty good bloopers here in the last few weeks. I had the um, accidentally was talking about damaging my keyboard, and I said, I know I hit the keys like I'm angry. I pound with passion. That's been very funny for everybody. Everybody's got a good, everybody's got their laughs in on that, and now I have called a roofer for insight on the Florida game. Josh Sullivan, John Sullivan says, just think of how different the season could have been if we had gotten Vandy in South Carolina instead of Georgia and Florida. Possibly. 
Casey Rowland thinks it's hilarious. All right, guys, we're getting pretty close here. Almost an hour in. Feel pretty good about Florida. How long have I gone in actual airtime? 57 minutes, 39 seconds. We'll go for a few more minutes here. Will they play more inspired with Pittman gone? Don't know. I think I would rather have him there if it's me. Chris Hall says, I find it interesting. Coach Pittman was hugging UT players out of the game, and now their game is postponed due to the virus. Makes you wonder if he didn't get from one of them since he is the only one that got it. He's, he mentioned that Saturday night he started feeling a little – you know, everybody has different symptoms. He's, he mentioned he was starting to have some back pain Saturday night. So, he could have – you know, he could have started to have some stuff that uh, at that point. But Pittman had a mask on. You know, it wasn't like he took his mask off to give them hugs. They didn't have a mask on. You know, the mask is there to protect you from spreading it to other people, not so much the other way around. I mean, I'm sure there's some benefit to having the mask on. But generally, it's, it's the other way around. Daniel Passmore says, Trey, what product do you use to shine your dome? Looking for something new. So I put a little matte finish on that. It's uh, the Kiehl's. I can't remember what it's called, but it's in the green. It's K-I-E-H-L. Gives you a little matte finish to the dome. I forgot to make a wish. I rubbed my head. I got to make a wish. Okay. Score prediction this week for me. I'm not – I haven't put the score prediction yet, Tim Hudson. Sorry, I haven't done it yet. I'm going to pick Florida to win just, I mean, for all the reasons I've mentioned before. Um, Arkansas is possibly due not to cover. I don't know if it's going to happen this game. 17 and a half points. I could see the game being real close and then – Maybe Florida putting some finishing touches on it. Who knows? I don't have a great feel for this game, to be honest with you. Tim Hudson says, love the show, by the way. Appreciate that. David Haslett says, you can go as far back as the 80s when SMU was a power. Refs called pass interference on Arkansas and not on SMU receiver, who clearly caught the contact. Keith Jackson called that game and was very upset by the call. All right. So there you have it. Arkansas repeatedly gets screwed by the referees. <laughs> I don't know if it'll be Mark Curl's call on this one also. All right, everybody. Once more, plenty of ways to watch and listen. If you haven't done so already, then go to Apple Podcasts and throw us a five-star rating. Throw us a review. I ask every week, but nobody ever does it. I don't know why you won't do it, but please go do it if you haven't done so already. All right, sign up. It's just $1 right now. All right, everybody, we'll be after the game. I'm not traveling to Florida for this one, obviously, with uh, COVID-19 restrictions. Um, just not making the trips like I used to. But um, I will do a walk and talk afterwards. I'll find a dark, scary area like I did. I'm going to get out of my neighborhood because I feel like I have to kind of talk quietly because somebody's going to be like, what in the hell is going on? So I'm going to get out of the neighborhood where I can talk vocally. Um, I can vocalize more. So. We'll see you after the game. All right, everybody, this has been Trey Biddy with hogsports.com. Thanks to Curtis Wilkerson. Thanks to Danny West. Thank you guys for your questions. Thanks to Bob Redman from Vault from Swamp 24-7. Um, yeah, we'll be right here. We'll be there. See? If I go over 50 minutes, I start stumbling. Be with you after the game for the walking talk. This has been Trey Biddy with hogsports.com. We'll catch you next time. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount+. Plus. So, yes, 
you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.